Good morning, MLB Pro family. I'm uh, Scott Gesford. I'm your GM of the Oakland Athletics. And today I'm with Jonathan from Pittsburgh. How are you today, Jonathan? I'm great, Scott. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you doing this. Good. Glad to have you on. So let's start off by looking at your 2022 season. I know you weren't competitive. I, you and I were fighting for a lower playoff or a seating for a draft pick. But yeah. So how do you think your 2022 went? Uh, about as expected, I reckon, although there's probably differing opinions on that, but um, it went about as I expected. I mean, I didn't expect I knew pretty early on after going into being the GM of the Pirates that we were going to go into a rebuild. And honestly, I feel really good about some of the prospects we got. So honestly, 2022 went, you know, as as good or better than expected from that standpoint. So what were some of the highlights from 2022 from from your side of it? Um, I was really happy with the trade we did with Detroit, um, trading Scalise and getting back Larkin and um, uh, Steen and G. Scott. Yeah, right. And um, honestly, I think the thing I'm most proud of from the moves we made in 22 was who we got rid of. Not that I, not that I felt it was dead weight as far as talent, but we were able to get rid of virtually every salary um on the team and just kind of start from scratch and that's exactly what I wanted to do and I didn't feel very confident we'd be able to do it but we did and so that that to me was uh probably the biz- biggest success of 2022 for me yeah and and like you said it's important when you're rebuilding not to have those albatross contracts over your head and you've got rid of them but uh you you've made a couple of splashes in free agency this offseason do you want to talk about those because I know some people might be scratching their head about appeal, but uh, I think that was a brilliant move on your part. Well, thanks. Yeah, that, um, you know, I knew going into the offseason that we were going to pro- probably try to sign one big free agent just because we had ample salary space. Because, again, we've gotten rid of virtually everybody that was earning any kind of salary above minimum. And the team I was hoping was going to compete in 2024. And there was some really good talent out there in free agency. So I thought, let's get somebody now while we have the resources to do so. Give them a year to kind of go ahead and be some veteran leadership. And then hopefully it can kind of all grow together um, next season. Uh, we made, um, we tried to make an offer on George Springer because I felt like we needed a middle of the lineup bat. It just did not work out. He just needed too much. Um, I think he ended up going to Seattle. And we had made a couple offers on Appel early. Um, it didn't it didn't we were close, but we were a little too far apart. Um, I had kind of stepped away, and then later in free agency, decided, well, we you know he's still out there. He hasn't signed yet. Let's let's make one more offer. And fortunately, it was enough to get him. But yeah, I mean the the idea behind it was let's just go out. We needed a frontline starter. As much as I like Dustin May, I don't see him as an SP one. Um, I think he slots in nicely behind Appel. You know, he'll be our immediate number one. And then we have a couple prospects at AAA that are pretty much ready um, that we hope to bring up about midseason to start filing in behind them. So hopefully by, you know, late 2023, or certainly the start of 2024, we'll have a rotation that's competitive. Awesome. Yes. So uh, let's start. Let's look at the pitchers. You're, you're just talking about them. So uh, how do you see your rotation stacking up? this year i know as i look at your screen right now you have a six-man rotation scheduled right now 
Is that going to be the plan for the start, or are you going to go back to five? Probably going to go back to five. That's probably just for the spring to kind of figure out where everybody's going to slot. Um, because we also signed James Paxson to a smallish one-year deal, I think $1.8 million. Um, the hope is that he will perform well enough to put him at the back of the rotation and then potentially trade him at the deadline, uh, depending on where the team is. I mean, I don't expect the team to be competitive this year, but you never know, I suppose. Uh, so Richard Dean is also there, who is certainly a very serviceable pitcher. I mean, he's not going to win any awards, but he's also not really going to hurt us. He's just a very average, middle-of-the-road kind of veteran pitcher. And then Cronin is kind of the question mark. Um, Cronin, the, you know, the, the scouting is really good on him. We really like his ratings. Um, he has, has not yet been able to find much statistical success. So he is kind of the question mark. Um, we looked at trading trading him uh, this offseason. Just never really got an offer that kind of pushed us over the edge. So we're going to take six in the spring. Probably won't take six in the opening day. Um, and it's kind of see where the chips fall at the back end of the rotation. So right now on your, your page, it has appealed and Dustin May, Brent Frazier, Cronin, Axton, Dean. Is that the mm -hmm. kind of the way you see it right now? Or like you said, is that just like a crapshoot? Because you got three righties at the top and three lefties at the bottom. Yeah. Honestly, I hadn't even looked at that part too, too closely yet. I guess I should have, but a little I early. Definitely, I definitely see one and two as who that that's going to be a pal of May. Frazier and Cronin could swap if Cronin shows some success. So we could put a left hander a little bit higher, you know, in the in the rotation. And then Paxton and Dean are a total toss-up, just depending on how they perform in spring and the first part of the season. Um, Dean could move into the bullpen. We actually had Chapman in the rotation until we signed Mark and Dean, or excuse me, Mark and Paxton. Um, so we've already moved Chapman to the to the bullpen. Um, Dean could end up there as well, or he could even end up, you know, trying to swap him for a single prospect, you know, here at the end of the spring, or if you know, if it comes down to it, maybe you'd have to DFA him. But we'll just see. Um how guys perform early on. Okay. So how, how do you see your bullpen stacking up? Also a little bit of a mix up. Um, I definitely see Bill Brown closing and I definitely see Jonah Ryan setting up. Um, right now we have Helton is probably a seventh inning setup, but that's definitely to be determined. And the rest of the guys are just kind of thrown in there as middle relievers for right now. Cody Chapman, we have set as a longer lever since he was going to be in the rotation. We've moved him to the bullpen. Um, uh, we DFA'd our lefty specialist to make room for the signings of Paxton and Mark. So, but we have what four lefties in the bullpen right now. So, I mean, I'm not too worried about having a lefty specialist. Plus, again, this year, seeing as we're not probably going to, you know, be pushing for an NL Central title, I'm not too worried about having a lefty specialist. Um, you know, if, if we're doing really well early on and I, I feel like somebody needs to be specific in that role, we can, we can play with it, but yeah, it's mostly Brown and Ryan, and then we'll see where the rest of them kind of fall. Okay. And then as I turn over to your, your hitters, you got four catchers on your 40 man roster. <laughs> yeah. How's that yeah, going to work for you? Not the wisest move. Um, still trying to figure that out too. So how how do you predict right now? I know we're not even into spring training yet, but how do you see your lineup coming together? You know, having the DH in the National League for the first time, 
that kind of helps a little bit, but, you know, how do you see that happening? How do you see your lineup coming out? So it's a little bit to be determined as well. I can tell you that at opening day, the plan is definitely Jonathan India at second. Um, we traded with the Padres to get Yanez to play short because that was really a hole for us, um, both defensively and offensively. And so we have Yanez for a year with an option for next year. And so he's just kind of going to be a holding place because, you know, one of our number one prospect is Hines at shortstop. And we plan for him to be up certainly probably this year. I mean, probably maybe by the all-star break. So um, we just wanted somebody that could at least be a veteran in there. Um, outfield's a little shaky, but right now we're looking at probably Samuels in left field. Um Majorly in center, I assume it's how you pronounce his name. I'll be honest, I'm not entirely sure. Close enough to me. <laughs> and Mac in right field. First base, uh, not really sure. Um, right now, we're looking at Paredes, who played, I think, shortstop for us last year. He may play third for He played third for us last year. Um, he is, we are lacking a leadoff hitter. We just don't have one. And he led off for us last year and did pretty well in that spot. You know, he's not a prototypical leadoff hitter. So at the moment, we were trying to find a way to get him in the lineup to have him at least lead off for now. Um, Abrams will probably become our leadoff hitter when he gets called up from AAA, which will also be some time this year. Uh, but until then, there's a little bit of a hole there, and the catcher thing is really uh, uncertain at the moment. Uh, Silva is the only veteran amongst them. He was our catcher last year. He could end up being our catcher again this year. But Barry Hill, we called up at the end of the year to kind of be our starting catcher, and he just never quite could hit. And we're going to kind of see how he hits in spring in the first part of the year. And honestly, Barry Hill and um, uh, Johnson, Cooper Johnson, they kind of mimic each other. They're very, very, very similar players. But our scout likes Barry Hill just a little bit more. And then Logan Driscoll was a Rule 5 pick. Um, who had not made it above double A, but I really liked some of the metrics that was coming out of him from double A and, and high A in the Baltimore organization. Um, and so we took a chance. So, you know, it's just a rule five pick. If we have to send him back, we will. Um, but really wanted to see if he might be major league ready as well. So is the plan maybe to to trade one of them and see if you can get a prospect back or Potentially. I mean, right now, everybody's – well, obviously, Driscoll couldn't be getting sent down. He's a Rule 5 pick. But Barry Hill and Johnson still have options. Um, so if we need to send one one or even both back down to AAA, we certainly can. Omar Silva, we had bounced a couple ideas around about trading and actually had DFA'd him at one point and brought him back. Um, so he's def- – I mean, his honestly, his rusher spot's a little bit tentative. Okay. But he's also the only veteran catcher we have, and so – We've held on to him, at least at this point, we decided to hold on to him until spring as the veteran just to kind of see, especially now that we've signed a big-time starting pitcher, just to kind of see how all that matches up. And then right now you have penciled in at Groshans at third base, who you know I like because he came from my team when I traded him to Miami, (laughs) and you got him in rule five. So do you see him playing third base or first base? Because he can play both. He can play both. Um but we actually right now see him starting at third just because it's a little bit more of a skill position. And I thought we could probably find somebody just to plug in at first. Uh, right now we actually have Donald Taylor playing designated hitter. 
but he's also a first baseman. Um, and so depending on how this whole Paredes thing goes at first and him leading off, et cetera, um, we might end up moving Donald Taylor back to first and then putting somebody else in a designated hitter. It's a little bit of a – still trying to figure all that out, to be honest. Okay. So what's your preference? Do you do you like to play great defense and okay hitting or great hitting and okay de- – or try to mash it up as best you can? You know, after my experience as being the GM of the White Sox, I have changed my philosophy on that a little bit. I used to, I think, put way too much weight in defense, um, probably to a fault. And it just never seemed to quite produce the results that I was hoping for. So I'm softening on that a little bit. I mean, I'm certainly not going to load up the team with this, you know, error makers all over the field, you know, especially at the certain skill positions, like up the middle. Um but at first and third, um, I'm 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 softening a little bit on how important the defense needs to be at those positions. Um, but we are still hoping to be like you know a very good defensive team. I think up the middle it certainly will be. Um, but first base, I, I, I'm not putting too much weight into it at this point. So were you around in the league when Dave was the GM of the Red Sox who put like a first baseman at shortstop and all that kind of stuff to get their bats in the lineup. He won a world series that way. I had to, was that the same Dave? I had to have been, cause I've been in the league since the second year of its existence. Okay. Um, so you were, you were there. I think that's the year he won the world series or something like that. It was crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so let's turn it to the, your pride and joy probably right now, your minor league system. Who are some of the key people you see coming, maybe coming up and playing a prominent role this year? I know you've said this person may come up at some point, but do you see any of them making a, like a big role this year? So that's one of the things I'm most excited about is I feel like probably our best four prospects, probably our best four prospects are all like triple A level right now. So they're all like right there banging at the gate um, about to make their call up two pitchers and two position hitters. And I anticipate all four of them making an impact. Um, you know, of course, it's hard to say how big of an impact they'll make right away. But with Hines and Abrams on the offensive side um, at shortstop and second, I think that both will certainly be a key part of, you know, if, if we're going to contend in 2024 like I plan, their success is cr- crucial. Um, and on the same on the same token, we have Kloffenstein, and Graham as pitchers at AAA, and they both, to me, also look pretty much ready. Um, so I'm hoping that Cloffy and Graham can both come up this year and, again, plug right into the rotation um, and, again, make an immediate impact for sure. So I anticipate by maybe not by all-star break all four being up, but I think by, you know, not long thereafter, all four will be on the team. All four will be in the you know starting rotation and starting and starting lineup and trying to you know show their worth. And then you also have a G Scott who was an A A plus ball last year, so he'll probably start off in Double A. Would be my assumption. Probably he has been a little bit slower coming along um, than we had hoped. So I'd hoped I'd already hoped that he's going to be a little bit higher up in the system than that. But I didn't want to push him when he wasn't quite producing results. So we have been bringing him up a little bit slower. Um, and the same with Larkin, honestly, who we got as a center fielder in that um, Scalise deal. 
also has struggled a little bit in the minors. Um, so we've been bringing him up a little bit slower as well. And where do you do you see Winsel, their first baseman, being able to make Triple A this year and maybe the majors at some point? Yeah, definitely Triple A. I mean, he'll definitely be. I think I'll be our Triple A first baseman this season. Uh, I have looked at him numerous times as a potential for first base this season at the major league level. Um, I am going to give Paredes, you know, a chance there, or you know, again, Donald Taylor could get moved there, and we play somebody else at designate a hitter. Or maybe you know could he even end up being Winslow at designated hitter? We'll see. But um, he is he is being watched. Let's just say he I mean, he's definitely on the radar as a potential major league call up. So, what is your philosophy about your your minor leagues? Are you a I promote them like say one level each year to get them up to the majors, or do you go, hey, this guy's playing great right now in Double A, so I'm going to rush him or bring him up to Triple A and see how he does. I am mostly the latter. Um, I'm mostly going off statistics and performance. And if I think a guy is ready, I push him on up. Now it depends too if he's blocked by somebody else, you know, and I don't want to create too much of a bottleneck. Um, and also, and I do keep an eye on age as well. I mean, if he's 20 years old and killing it at a ball, I might be a little more hesitant to go ahead and push him to double A if I don't think, you know, if I think it might be a little too early, if he's like, say he was just a college, you know, draft Pete, right, draftee, and he's only out of school for a year or something. Um, Sorry. I didn't know the door was unlocked. Somebody was trying to walk no. in. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, for the most part, it's performance-based. So if a guy is showing that, you know, he's ready to go up another level, I push him up. Okay. Great. So we've pretty much covered your team so far. Uh, let's talk about um, your scouting budget and your development budget. How do you say, I know since you're not really competing this year, you probably jack those, uh, at least development up a lot. Uh, but what is your normal stance? I mean, do you put a lot into development, a lot into scouting or both? Or So I did jack up development budget this year to the max, which is $30 million. Um, and I told myself that no matter what happened, um, you know, in free agency or in trade talks, that I would not budge off of that. So I'm very firm on our development budget this year being max. And I have our scouting budget at 20 million. Um, I originally had it at 30 as well. But um, when we started having the negotiations with Mark and everything, I decided to go ahead and just bump that down about 10 million to give us a little extra cushion um, so that signing him wouldn't completely strap us you know, and leave me unable to make any other moves as we saw fit, you know, as the season starts to unravel. Um, in Chicago, I was a little more middle of the road. Um, but again, I'm trying to do things a little bit differently in Pittsburgh. I'm trying to do this rebuild, you know, from the ground up and and really pump into it. So I've uh, really invested a ton of money into that and hoping it'll pay off. Well, that remains to be seen. I can't remember. So still- what the, I can't remember what the scouting budget was at before I pushed it up to thirty. It might have been at twenty, I think, last year. So it was still decently high. Um, whether that extra ten million will make a difference, we'll see. And you still have twelve million left to spend on free agencies for this year. Are you planning on buying another free agent and maybe hope to trade them off at the deadline, or are you just going to sit there with that money and see what happens? Yeah, my plan right now, I don't have any other negotiations. Well, I, I take that back. I don't the only negotiation I have going on is with one veteran player as a minor league contract with a major league option, you know, for a, you know, less than two million dollars. 
you know, if that, if that gets signed, great, you know, we'll see. And he might end up being the designated hitter, you know, we'll see. Um, but no, I'm not targeting any other actual free, uh, major league free agents per se. Um, mostly I just wanted to have that money aside a in case a team came to us wanting to trade us a player with a salary and attach a prospect to it that maybe we could take on another salary that way. Um, or if by some miracle we are competing in 2023, which again, I did not anticipate, but you just never know um, that it gives us a little room to maybe acquire another veteran player as the season goes on. Okay, cool. So we've talked about 2023 for a little bit here and there. Um, that you don't expect to compete, but you hope your prospects come up and, and contribute. So how do you see your division playing out? I know it's early. Do you want to make any predictions on how you think the division is going to come out this year? I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to say that St. Louis isn't going to win the division, but I think that Cincinnati is going to be right there. Um, so let me pull back up. Yeah. I mean, the Brewers, I'll be honest, I have not probably not paid attention enough attention to what the Brewers have done this offseason. I don't know if they've done a whole lot at all. I gotta have to go back and see who all they've signed and traded for. Uh, but I definitely see the Cardinals and the Reds really battling it out this season. You know, the, this uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is also the first year of the what is it? They call it the balanced schedule. Is that right? Or the unbalanced? I can't yes, remember which the which balance. The balanced, right. So yeah. you know, that's just gonna make a difference as well. Um so yeah, I see it. I see it coming down to the Cardinals and Reds probably, but obviously you can never count out the Brewers either because they've proven themselves to be formidable uh, since Cole took over. Okay, so is this the year that we see the National League win a World <laughs> Series? Who would it be? Uh, Arizona, I guess, would be you know the the probably the leading candidate, but the Dodgers, you know, showed how good they were last year. Um, Brenton, the Dodgers, the the Dodgers added Holtzen too. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and Atlanta took Harper away from Arizona and brought him to Atlanta. Yeah. And, and Brenton is always a wild card, right? I mean, you can, no matter where he thinks his team is come opening day, Brenton's always going to find a way, if he chooses to, to make them uh, one of the best teams in the league. He always seems to know exactly which button to push. So, However, I mean, I can never say the Angels are not going to win the World Series. Just, I mean, it's just that simple. Um, but I do think the design, what I am very interested to see is what the designated hitter changes. Cause, you know, everybody's always laughed at the NL and said, oh, it's, you know, the National League, whatever. And it's going to be interesting to see how the stats change. I mean, obviously the offense has always been much more results driven in the American League. And it just, I don't know that it'll be an immediate change. Um, that part I am really interested to see and how the ERAs change, of course. is All that's going to be really fascinating to watch. I always thought the National League had an advantage when it came to the World Series because the pitchers hit. And right. even if the pitcher doesn't hit a lot, they know how to bunt. Yeah, so and for and, over. yeah, and for the American League GMs or te- American League teams – they have to figure out which guy they're cutting out of their lineup, you know, and figure out how to how to arrange guys to to accommodate that. So I I agree with you. It just does not seem to have worked. <laughs> that yeah, that exactly. whatever reason has not cashed in. So do you have um, a bold prediction for twenty twenty three? Doesn't have to be about the Pirates. It could be about any player or team. Hmm. 
bold prediction. I'm looking here at everybody. How about, I don't know if this is really that bold. How about the Tigers win the AL Central? Uh, is that is that even bold? I'm not even sure that's really bold. I mean, they I think they probably expect to, or hope to, you know, certainly anticipate or hope to. But um, Kansas City's gotten better. Yeah, they you have. Know, Minnesota's still there. As long as they have Minnesota has Copeland, they always seem to be a contender. So, yeah, I think if I'm not mistaken, in this Copeland's last year on his contract, and he potentially a free agent. So yeah, that's really, that's another free. really interesting thing. Is you know, would the Twins trade him for the last three months? Well, the Pirates had the prospects to get him, right? Copeland? <laughs> I mean, probably, but I would never do that. <laughs> so, uh, so at the end, I give people an opportunity to kind of introduce themselves, tell tell us who you are, what you do for a living. I can see it behind you and your and <laughs> your picture, you know, and and maybe you know, do you have a trade block? I mean, do you want you know, or not, or how, give us some more information about Jonathan. Okay. Uh, well, I, like I said, I joined the league. I, I, I can't remember exactly what year this was, but I joined the league the second year of his existence. Um, what is that? 11 years ago, 10 years ago, something like that. Yeah. this is. I think this is the 11th year. Okay. So around 2013, approximately for, I, I joined the original White Sox GM quit right at the end of the regular season. And I was in a different uh, out-of-the-park league. I honestly can't remember the name of it. And I'd been in it for two or three years, uh, or in-game seasons. Uh, but it, it, it was not a day-by-day -day league. It went much faster. And I was good friends with the GM, or the uh, commissioner there. He heard about this league. We both showed interest. I don't think he even applied i applied and got the i had my choice between chicago and san diego um and my town i live in winston-salem is the home of the white Sox single a affiliate and so i chose the white Sox solely based on that um have regretted it ever since <laughs> but but um i mean i've just had a, a blast in the league it's you know for the most part has been the only sim league of any kind I've been in. I am now. And also in that college basketball league, the CJBL, which I really enjoy as well. But if I, if, you know, if on any given day, my energies first go to MLB pro and second go there, you know, based on time. But um, otherwise, yeah, you know, I run a record store. I've let's see, I opened the record store in November of 2013. So I think I opened it shortly after joining the league. Um. Yeah, so I run a record store in Winston, North Carolina. Uh, huge personal Braves fan, although not super happy with some of the offseason things that have happened there. But um, yeah, there's not a whole lot of, I'm kind of a boring person. It's work and MLB Pro, and <laughs> it's kind could of one of my worst things. I'm sorry? So there could be worse things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So is there anybody or any maybe you're looking for a position player or a pitcher or looking to trade somebody? Here's a chance to get it out there and let people know so they can reach out to you. You know, I'm a little bit quiet right now. I'm not I'm actually kind of just in 
stasis until spring training starts, I think. Not really looking to do much else. Um, that's not to say I wouldn't swing a trade, but it'd be a pretty minor one at this point. Um, I, I can't see myself trying to do anything major. Like I said, Omar Silva, our veteran catcher. I mean, if somebody came needing a veteran catcher and was interested, you know, I'm sure I would swap them for a prospect. Um, you know, we have that little bit of a bottleneck at the back end of the rotation. If somebody's interested in one of those uh, pitchers, you know, at the back end of a rotation, that is a conversation we could probably have. Um, we've talked about that I need a leadoff hitter, but I'm not honestly looking to pursue one right now because I think that Abrams will fill that hole when he gets called up, and I'm just kind of being patient waiting for that. And then we don't really have a bona fide first baseman, but again, I'm kind of just kind of – since I'm putting less weight into the whole first base defense and, and the guy I got there as an offensive is not a predictable first baseman at all. Um, he's not a power hitter, you know, he's more of a, Oh, who was that old Dodgers first baseman? Uh, is it James Loney? Um, he's more kind of a James Loney type. Um, so honestly, not really involved in any trade talks right now, or even trying to initiate any too much. Okay, so let's. I want to end off with this question here, and that is: Last year, Detroit and Cincinnati seemed to be the teams that took a leap forward. Mm -hmm. Do you see a team making that leap forward this year? And if you do, who might that be? Are the Royals eligible for that topic? Or that, would that be considered a leap forward? I, what I don't really. Yeah, I can't remember what their record was last year. I would definitely think the Royals are going to take a huge step forward this season. Um, you know, the Philly uh, Rockies, the Rockies really shocked me last year with the moves they made and staying super competitive. Um, so I mean, I guess you can't they wait to the postseason, so you can't call that a leap forward. Hmm. Uh, the Giants for sure. I mean, he Hines always is amazing at rebuilding organizations. And I'm don't sure give he, don't give him a big head. <laughs> he's doing a great job there again. So I mean, I definitely think that they'll take another step forward. What I mean, I don't, I'm not saying that I think they'll be in the playoffs this year. I don't think they're quite there yet, but they are definitely. I mean, he Hines went to a really bad situation there. That team was in really rough shape, um, and he's done a so, great job. So I just looked back, and Kansas City last year was 73 and 89. So they would consider. Oh be yeah. A, yeah, yeah, step I think they're going to take a huge step forward, 100%. Cool. Well, I appreciate your time, Jonathan. I'm going to stop the recording, and we can stay on and, and chat for a couple minutes if you like. No, this has been really fun, Scott. I appreciate Again, I appreciate you hosting all of these and, and involving me as well. Good. Appreciate you coming on, Jonathan, and good luck to the Pirates in 2024. All right. Thanks, Scott. Good luck to the A's. Thanks.